Hail and well met. Welcome back to another episode of Self Evident. I'm Alyssa, and with me are Jenna and Deliana. Today we have the very special opportunity of interviewing David Shostokas, who is an attorney, and Stephen Lee, Pastor Stephen Lee, who is his client. Now, Pastor Stephen Lee is facing a very traumatic situation of being indicted for something he did not do. And now the details of that are going to have to wait because you need to listen to the episode to figure out what's going on. So without further ado, let's get started. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. We really appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you and just get more perspective on this case and what you're going through. Specifically, we're curious to how your family is taking this and also how your congregation is taking this because we know that it's probably changed the dynamics of pastoring and we're just curious about everything that's going on in that realm. Well, I appreciate very much uh, you having me on your program here and, and greetings to all your uh, viewers and listeners here, um, and Lord's blessings to you all. Uh, I do consider it a privilege. Um, this is, of course, a very difficult situation. Um, I'm a pastor, and in my, I call it my former life. I used to be in law enforcement. I was out in California uh, as a cop and was a sergeant out there, uh, and then I went to work for the the feds. I was a, a federal special agent with an organization that was then called NIS. Now it's called NCIS, if you've ever seen that TV show. Um, and um, so I was a special agent with them for a while in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, working um, counterintelligence, counterterrorism stuff. But as a in law enforcement locally, I did everything there was uh, to do, everything from SWAT work to major crimes investigations to patrol, all, all kinds of different things. So um, then I went, I felt the Lord's call into the ministry, and I left law enforcement to go to seminary and become a pastor and also become a law enforcement chaplain, where uh, since uh, the late 1980s, uh, both in seminary and then afterward, I've done responses to all kinds of crises around the country, including the Columbine High School shooting, including Ground Zero, including lots of hurricanes, tornadoes, you know, Katrina, and, and then more recently, for instance, the hotel shooting in Las Vegas at uh, the Mandalay Bay Hotel, helping the FBI there. So the point being here in terms of your question is I've always been on the right side of the law. Uh, mm -hmm. I've, I have no criminal record, obviously, having my background. And then as a pastor, uh, to be charged now with a felony that requires five years in, minimum in the Georgia state prison system, mm -hmm. up to 20 years uh, on, a, on what's called a RICO charge, which is uh, uh, really designed for organized crime. Uh, you know, it, basically I'm being accused of being an organized, uh, associated with organized uh, crime or uh, some kind of conspiracy or something, which is just not true. And so this is extremely shocking and very troubling. I'm 70 years old. I'm a, I have four, four kids, all adults, and I have seven grandchildren. And so, for instance, this last weekend, we had a couple of our, our two youngest grandkids uh, spend the night, and Grandpa cooked a breakfast in the morning, and it was a wonderful visit. But contemplate for a minute that uh, I'm facing, you know, potentially the rest of my life in prison. 
and not being able to be with my grandkids and and, and kids. Uh, obviously, this is a tremendously stressful thing. Mm-hmm. And my wife, she and I have been married for 46 years. And we love each other more today than we've ever loved each other. And we loved each other a lot starting out, right? Mm-hmm. But we've got a, a lot of history together and a lot of love, a lot of family. And so this is very hard for her. This is very hard for my church. I serve, I'm, I'm, I'm officially retired, but I'm serving in a church that is so small, they're having trouble getting a full-time pastor. So I've been serving there for three and a half years. Basically, I'm their full-time pastor. Yeah. And uh, so, for instance, this summer, I helped out with Vacation Bible School. You guys know about that, right? Okay. We had like 60 or 70 kids there. It was a blast. Uh, you know, I, I brought in my pickup truck and my tent. And we set it up like a camping deal for the kids. And my little church is facing the prospect, if I get convicted and sent off to prison, that they won't have a pastor. They may have to close their doors. Yeah. Um, so this is a terrible thing that's mm-hmm. happened here and terribly unjust. Yeah. My track record, if you examine it, has always been to help people mm-hmm. and always do the right thing. Um, and uh, I've done that in law enforcement. I've done that as a pastor and as a chaplain uh, yeah. and as a grandpa. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, this is this is difficult. There's no doubt about it. And at the same time, you know, I, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus, I believe in the Word of God, I believe in the promises there, and I know that my life is in God's hands, and I trust Him, I don't trust circumstances, mm-hmm. but make no mistake, this is difficult, and and part of it's the financial thing, um, it's very, very costly, um, you know, I've got a very good attorney here with Dave, and I have another attorney down in, in Atlanta, who's mm-hmm. very good, uh, He's his name's Dave too, I, I talk about the Daves, uh, and they're they're very good attorneys, and then we have a team, and all this costs a lot of money. So in a sense, the process is the punishment here. Yes, that's not fair. It's not right, but it is the way it is. So yeah, this is the challenge. But we look to the Lord, trust Him always. So Absolutely. this is not only affecting you; it's definitely Im- impacting a whole community of believers and of people. It's a tragic circumstance. It's heartbreaking to see how um, a nation that you have served so much and um, really like a people that you have served so much kind of um, like turn their backs on you in a time, you know, yeah. yeah, in a time like this. And it's like you've done so much, even even for us. Is there any way that like we can help, like people can help of, of our generation? Yes. Uh, you know, it's, first of all, spread the word. Okay. And I know that younger people don't have a lot of money, but, uh, but any financial help is, is, is good and spread the word about that. How can people, how can people donate? Yes. You can contact givesendgo.com forward slash chaplain Lee, and you can donate uh, there. And this goes direct to my legal defense fund, to my attorney. And, and it's, it, it's a straight line there. And that's very, very important because they need the funds to, to do the job, the good job, the great job that they're doing for me here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, givesendgo.com forward slash Chaplain Lee. Okay. That would be a huge help. Spread that word. You, you guys, you young guy, you Gen Zers, right? <laughs> talking about translating to the Gen Z crowd here. 
um, you know how to use social media, right? Spread it out on social media. Get other people talking. Uh, network your networks and let the word go on out. Mm -hmm. and, uh, my church needs its pastor. My family needs uh, a husband, a dad, and a grandpa. Absolutely. And and so spread the word. Absolutely. We will definitely link all of that information with this podcast and make sure that we we spread that on our social media platforms. Yeah. Hello, ladies. It's uh, great that you're great the thing that you're doing here uh, in organizing this. But the fact is, is and of course, I'm Dave Shostokas. I'm one of uh, one of Pastor Lee's attorneys. This uh, charge has actually been lodged by the state of Georgia, not the federal government. OK, uh, the state of Georgia has, has lodged what they call a RICO charge, uh, which stands for Racketeer Influence Corrupt Organizations against Pastor Lee, uh, President Trump. And 17 other people are all in the same same charge, and that charge does, as Pastor Lee mentioned, carry a, a mandatory minimum of uh, five years in the Georgia State Prison. But it is not a charge that's being uh, being prosecuted by the federal government. It's a charge being prosecuted by the state government of Georgia. I see. Okay. Thank you so, for that clarification. Uh, and uh, as Pastor Lee referred to it. Uh, Racketeering Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act um, is generally speaking designed for things like the mafia and for the mob, drug cartels, uh, <laughs> human trafficking, large criminal organizations. And somehow or other, the folks in Georgia have determined that uh, this uh, has this criminal, what they've described as a criminal enterprise, was a bunch of people that got together and tried to illegally, illegally overturn the uh, 2020 presidential election. That's the allegation, essentially, of the state of Georgia. Uh, and of course, when uh, we'll go back to Pat, you get back to Pastor. I wanted to jump in while you were talking about the federal uh, federal government, and then we can talk a little bit about how this case actually has tremendous, tremendous meaning for folks your age, uh, because the, the implications that it has going forward, if there's the least amount of success, the adverse implications that it has for America. And people, um, people looking to exercise the rights that our generation has grown up with. Uh, hopefully, your generation doesn't lose. Thank you, and feel free to feel free to jump in whenever. Um, yes. Yeah, we we definitely want to make sure what we're presenting is true and correct. So, yeah. Let, but let me let me ask let me ask you you ladies something here, okay? Um, it, it, this kind of ties in with what uh, Mr. Shisokas was talking about about the First Amendment which is, uh, there are the five, five rights listed in that. It's, it's basically freedom of speech um, and uh, but freedom of religion, also freedom to petition the government, a couple other things in there. But let me ask it this way for you young people, how would you want, or how would you like it if you were living in a country where you were not free to say what you believed without fear of being put in jail? How would you feel about that? I would love to answer this one because me and my sisters got the opportunity to go on um, a missions trip to Greece this summer. And um, basically we worked with Operation Joshua where our mission was to put um, a New Testament on the doorstep of every house in Greece. And while it's not outright banned in Greece, um, it's very hostile. The Orthodox- it's frowned upon. Exactly, there's a very strong orth um, Orthodox hold on that town and we faced you know a lot of anger we had 
other buddy cars that got arrested, um, all this sorts of thing. And it's interesting how it's a pattern that leads to this and how I know, at least in my case, like growing up, you always hear about persecution and it's like, one day you might be persecuted for the Lord. But what people forget to mention is that it's such a slow fade that gets you there and it doesn't like it, it's upon you before you even realize it. And it's not like one day you wake up and the government's like, well, we're banning Jesus. It, it happens through um, twisting current laws, changing people's minds and worldviews. And so from my experience in Greece, I can say um, it's like I feel so blessed to have grown up in a country where I haven't had to fear that. Yeah. And now as I'm seeing those tides turning, I'm realizing like just how much Gen Z and how everybody um, needs the Lord so much as it's just incredibly foundational for a society that even functions like um, by morals and by uh, by right and wrong. So yeah, so experiencing what you s- experienced in Greece with um, the hostile pursuit of what whenever you were trying to spread the gospel, you absolutely wouldn't want those rights taken away from you. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think both of us would agree with that. Yeah. Well, that's what's in danger in this particular case here in Georgia. Um, There are what they call 41 counts in this indictment. Uh, Pastor uh, Pastor Lee is named in five of the 41 counts. One is the overall RICO charge that says that involves uh, President Trump, Pastor Lee, and 17 other folks. And then there's four other counts that Pastor Lee is charged with, two of which uh, say that uh, it was illegal for him to knock on the doors, or knock on the door of a neighbor of, uh, of a uh, election worker, and then knock on the door of the election worker. And mm-hmm. somehow or other, they're saying that that was uh, an act in furtherance of an illegal conspiracy to try and overturn the presidential election. And uh, I would suggest to you that that's kind of like a pastoral act to knock on a door uh, to seek seek and indicate. Uh, have a conversation with somebody. As it turns out, uh, the person that they're saying that he was trying to uh, influence, he never even had a conversation with. And so they ultimately uh, charged him with knocking on the doors. And then there was two other telephone conversations that they've charged him with as uh, also as felonies in terms of trying to uh, illegally influence uh, influence the conduct of an, of an election worker as well. And so uh, both of those are one. One's kind of like free speech. One's kind of like religion. Uh, but <laughs> there's what they call 161 overt uh, acts in the uh, in the indictment. 159 of them are actually exercises of the five rights of the First Amendment, whether it's religion or speech or press or uh, uh, freedom of assembly or the petition uh, of government to address grievances. Even in this case. They indicted a president for giving a speech. They indicted lawyers for giving legal advice. They indicted people for lobbying state legislators. They uh, indicted people for uh, knocking on doors. Uh, it's uh, The list goes on and on and on. And actually, um, 159 of those acts are actually protected First Amendment conduct. And mm. if they are successful in any way, shape, or form, the First Amendment will have been diminished, uh, as as I believe it was Ileana said that you know it, it doesn't happen all one time, you know it, it happens a little bit here and a little bit there. There's uh, <laughs> within the uh, 
was in the Jefferson Memorial at the very top. There's a quote from Thomas Jefferson, and it says the price of uh, liberty is eternal vigilance. And the fact is, is that's what you need to do. You need to be eternally vigilant because, of course, while we have these God-given rights, uh, with those rights come responsibilities. Uh, And so we have the responsibility to use those rights properly, but we also have the responsibility to protect them. And so folks should, in fact, follow this case uh, with with Pastor Lee, what's going on, because there's not only him. Like I said, there's um, another 17 people. And 159 of the things that they say are criminal acts are actually exercises of the First Amendment. And that's how dangerous this is. So they are basically indicting people for being American citizens and acting out on their rights. Yes, that's a good way to put it. I haven't put it that way, but I think as I go further and do some other press conferences, I'm going to say that. I appreciate that. That's a that's a. That's a really worthwhile piece of wisdom. They're, they're actually indicting people for uh, exercising their rights as American citizens. You're exactly mm-hmm. right. And you actually wrote, was it two books about uh, the Declaration of Independence and about the U.S. Constitution, correct? Correct. Yes, I've, I've written two books. One's, uh, one's called uh, Constitutional Soundbites, uh, and that's uh, got 150 questions and answers about the uh, – because they actually – Actually, it's kind of written for uh, folks that don't like to read these days, right? Yeah, and unfortunately, Generation Z does fit that bill. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're kind of used to uh, sound bites. Uh, they're kind of used to uh, uh, posts on, uh, on, well, X, formerly Twitter, and, uh, and Instagram and um, all, the, all these other social media things. They're used to those things. And I used to do a radio show, and uh, the radio show was called um, Constitutionally Speaking, and I would do a minute. Uh, and in 60 seconds, I would answer about things about uh, what uh, what Thomas Jefferson meant when he said all men are created equal, or what's a well-regulated militia when it comes to the Second Amendment. And uh, so then I collected those and I put them together. So there's so there's about 80 to 90 word explanations for almost every element of the Constitution. And uh, people seem to people seem to enjoy it these days because that's how they like to get their information. Yeah, and. And speaking as someone from Generation Z, I would I would absolutely going to be picking this book up too because although yes I've read the Constitution we've taken and you know in order to graduate high school you're supposed to take you know a constitutional course, but you always need refreshers and reminders of what are our rights so we're not getting trampled on. Well, I will tell you that. Uh, while you're supposed to take a constitution test and they uh, teach you the constitution and I'm sure they made you uh, memorize the uh, preamble uh, with uh, we the people in order to form a more perfect union, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The truth is, is the constitution is kind of a mechanical uh, mechanical document uh, mm-hmm. that's designed to kind of protect these things through a mechanical method. But the uh, other book, uh, creating the Declaration of Independence, the Declaration of Independence is actually the uh, execute it's actually the ideas in it and the constitution is the execution of the ideas in the declaration of independence and you know what they don't teach you the declaration of independence that's the one that everybody should study and learn because the constitution is meant to execute what the declaration of independence is all about so i would encourage uh, i've got the other one called creating the declaration of independence but i would encourage you guys to tell your friends, neighbors, everybody, um, Instagram, 
do the Declaration of Independence because, you know, there's a, a different 55 words. It's, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that governments are instituted among men to secure these rights, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That's the definition of what it means to be an American. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what we based our podcast off of. Our podcast is called Self-Evident, and it is from those specific words. So yeah, let me let me leap in here. And I'm I'm not an attorney, but I, I, I love history. And um, it's interesting to me that when the Civil War came, our President Abraham Lincoln, he really did appeal to the Declaration of Independence, that foundational, those foundational principles laid out there in order to free the slaves, in order to, uh, you know, help preserve the union in, in the way that the Declaration really kind of laid out. And so the Constitution, yeah, that's the law of the land, but it is, as Dave says, you know, built on that real rock of a foundation of the Declaration of Independence. If yeah. that's the name of your podcast, we'll go back to one other thing then. Um, they uh, actually, Thomas Jefferson originally wrote, we hold these truths to be sacred and undeniable. Mm -hmm. uh, ben Franklin made one edit to the Declaration of Independence and he struck sacred and undeniable and added self-evident. Ben Franklin made one, one correction and that's the value of having a good editor. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he took out sacred and undeniable, put in self-evident and your words come from Ben Franklin, not from Thomas Jefferson. Wow, that is very, very interesting. interesting. So Ben Franklin named our podcast. It's That's true. so cool. Now, I have a question for both of you. Either of you can answer. Now, I'm not sure what legally you're allowed to say, so feel free to skip this question. But given our conversation about our rights as Americans and the Constitution and being a mechanical document and the Declaration of Independence being the actionable document, so to speak, would you say that these indictments are bigger than just the election would you say that they're meant to undermine the constitution and the declaration and what gives americans the freedoms that we have today go ahead dave absolutely there's no there's no doubt that the intent of these uh of this these this group of indictments and to be frank the other three cases that they filed elsewhere against president trump mm -hmm. are uh, really designed to um take away a choice of the American people to, um, to vote for a person of their choice. Mm -hmm. And in which case, the, uh, I, clearly the uh, intent is, in fact, to undermine uh, the Amer American system, the American electoral system. And uh, truly, uh, again, it, it's literally an attack on the First Amendment. Uh, and if you do away with the First Amendment, I'm sorry to say the only thing we're left with is the Second Amendment. And that's very, very dangerous. And so we have to step up and protect the protect the First Amendment wherever it's uh, wherever it's in danger. And uh, there's uh, there's many, many ways. Pastor Lee mentioned the uh, mentioned the uh, give send go page, you know, and whatnot. Uh, goodness gracious, so make it viral on Instagram. Five, ten dollars, it all helps. Uh, and while at the moment uh, you know it's labeled a legal defense fund, the expenses associated with what they're doing, like he said, the process is the punishment. Uh, the uh, for him to not be in jail at the moment, eight thousand three hundred fifty dollars uh, went to the went to the state of Georgia at the moment. 
for he and I to go to Georgia one day to uh, actually go in there and surrender and so that they could take uh, mug shots and fingerprint them and other things like that. $1,200 in uh, airfare because it's not the kind of thing where you get to actually uh, shop for your airfare, right? Uh, you know, you, you kind of get stuck and you have to go when the, uh, when the court says you have to go. And so the expenses associated with the, uh, with this, in addition to the, the other, uh, other professional fees are, are just, the expenses are just incredible. And so whatever, five, $10, whatever anybody can help is, uh, just is an incredible contribution and help. And so, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's an important thing that you can do, but you can also, again, um, educate your uh, educate your uh, your generation on the danger this presents to the First Amendment, but it also then what you talked about, uh, what your question was in terms of an attack on the American system. I would suggest to you that if you're attacking the electoral system, and that's what this does, it attacks the electoral system. That goes back to that phrase that I just wrote. It's everything's based on the consent of the governed. And if they undermine the consent of the governed, then uh, we have nothing left. Okay, I mean, we li there literally is nothing if we cannot count on the consent of the governed. Mm -hmm. And so that's under attack. That's under attack here as well, because certainly uh, elections uh, elections are great, but uh, and they're very very important. But no election is actually over until the final uh, final post election contest has been decided in a courtroom. You know, because there's a lot of rules as to whether or not a particular vote should count, shouldn't count, whether ballots came in on time, uh, whether they were properly signed uh, in the uh, in the uh, in the mail-in ballots. Uh, it's uh, it's a, there's a, they're tremendously complex. Uh, unfortunately, they've made them incredibly complex, and every time they make them more complex, um, they add a uh, security problem. Because when you when you go to mail-in ballots now, you've got all kinds of people handling ballots. That aren't in charge of them. Uh, as for me, and if I were you, I would tell them, tell everybody, you know, we should vote on one day. Yes. There's one ballot uh, for that individual, and perhaps what there used to be when I was growing up, they used to have absentee ballots. Like if you were in the hospital, you knew you were traveling, uh, then you could, you know, apply for that in advance. But you would actually have to give a reason why you couldn't be there on election day, and that's what we should have, and that's that's what it should be secured. And that's the best that's the best thing going forward for your generation to fight for as well is secure election. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. So why do you think that Georgia is fighting this so hard? Like, why do you think that this election? I mean, because we're talking 2020, like, I mean, that's almost four years ago. And so why do you think that? Um, why do you think that they're just, yeah, like, why do you think they're fighting this one so hard? I was, um, actually, I did work in uh, in Pennsylvania in 2020. Uh, I actually went to court with Mayor Giuliani. Uh, I actually testified before the Pennsylvania uh, Senate on, uh, on irregularities in the Georgia election, or not Georgia election, the Pennsylvania election mm -hmm. in uh, 2020. And then I did work in Georgia, what they call the Senate runoff elections as well. And... Uh, I'm sorry to say that there are people who are in charge that do not uh, do not think we should have elections. Uh, I, I, you know, I I don't think that they don't want to they don't want to defend uh, actually defend the election. They want to have selections, 
and it's a it's a very very dangerous thing there. So the people have uh, the people everybody indicted nine most of the people indicted here uh, in that case were indicted for challenging aspects of the election. That wasn't Pastor Lee's situation. He was not involved in challenging the election in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but there are many people, like I said, went to uh, went to the state legislatures and tried to explain to them what the state legislature's authority was. Uh, they went to um, the uh, Congress and tried to explain what the congressional authority was. And they are being prosecuted for challenging the election that was certified by a Georgia election official. And they are really kind of don't want that election official to be challenged. Essentially, what they're telling you is, okay, we counted the votes. Uh, and uh, here's the results. And oh, by the way, sit down and shut up. Uh, and uh, that's uh, that. And there's about 18, seven, 16, 17 people in that group that refused to sit down and shut up. Yeah. And now they're calling them criminals because they did not sit down and shut up. Wow. Goodness. Now, I know you would know this, Dave. Um, is it even illegal in the first place to challenge an election? Where does it become um, illegal? It's not. <laughs> you know, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a whole system in place. There's a whole set of laws here in Illinois. I've got a, I've got a case on appeal right now relative to an election from 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, that's uh, that's ongoing here in, in Will County, uh, Illinois. We've got an election go contest going on here in Lake County. We've got an election contest going on regarding they had an, a supposed amendment to the uh, Illinois Constitution that uh, where the amendment itself, the language of the amendment was not actually on the ballot. So we have litigation ongoing on two election matters here in Illinois that uh, nobody's paying. And there are systems in place just to do that. There's a, a whole section of statutory law on how to, in fact, challenge the outcome of an election. And mm -hmm. that because there's a, people make mistakes. Right. You know, and, uh, and somewhere along the line, you know, you want to be able to take them into court and then have everybody, you know, have it resolved, have these issues resolved in the courtroom, and then everybody will live by it. You shouldn't have to live by what one person says, well, I counted them and it's all okay. Uh, you know, and that's what and that's what the people in Georgia want. They want this. Okay, we counted them, and uh, it's all okay. Anybody that asks anybody asks differently apparently is a criminal, and that's not been uh, for two hundred and some odd years. Uh, well, actually, there's been an election contest involving the president of the United States ever since 1800. There has not been a presidential election that has not had some sort of controversy attached to it since 1800. In 1800, uh, Thomas Jefferson uh, and uh, Aaron Burr went 35 votes in the mm -hmm. uh, U.S. House of Representatives before they decided on who was actually going to be the president. So this mm -hmm. is nothing new. It's a tradition uh, that these things get con contested, contested. And so um, to have this become a, um, this is a whole new thing. This is a whole new situation where they want to tell people, you know, we're in charge, we'll count them, and you accept whatever we tell you. And mm -hmm. if you don't accept that, it's a criminal action. And this is very, very dangerous because mm -hmm. uh, you uh, you folks may grow up in a world where there's not actual elections. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and so this is, 
and and everything, like I said, goes back to the consent of the government. If we don't have that, uh, there is nothing. There's literally nothing. I, I've been, thanks to Pestle and some other, other stuff I've had, I've been lucky enough to be involved in some of these things. And I talked mm -hmm. to my, I talked to my one granddaughter about this on a regular basis. And she tells me that, you know, she's, she's proud of me for doing these things. I said, you know, I'm doing this for you. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Doing, I'm doing it for her. I'm, I've lived my life, uh, you know, it's, it's a good life. And I still, I'm, I expect to be around for a while, but the fact is, is uh, the fact is, is these, these fights are not for, they're for you. Right. And, right. and hopefully, because you, you and uh, your, uh, your gens uh, will uh, recognize that and join us. Yeah. And join yeah. us in that fight. Well, thank you so much for holding the line for us and mm -hmm. for actually being willing to fight these fights. Um, to wrap up, I would like to ask Pastor Lee and you, Mr. Shostokas, so how can we be praying for you guys moving forward with this case? Well, I really appreciate the prayer. And of course, uh, as Christians, as believers, uh, we are engaged in a spiritual uh, battle, spiritual warfare, because there's always evil. Uh, there's good versus evil in every aspect of life. Fundamentally, that's a spiritual issue. And spiritually, of course, we look to the Lord for help in prayer. Uh, intercessory prayer, praying for somebody is just so important. So thank you so much. Just mm -hmm. praying. And sometimes we don't even know how to pray. The word of God says, uh, even when we don't know how to pray, the spirit of God intercedes for us, right? Mm -hmm. And and prays for us at the throne of grace. So I appreciate those prayers. And, and pray, of course, that uh, the Lord delivers me uh, from this hand of uh, that's been dealt, that's uh, wrong and mm -hmm. unjustified. And uh, also, though, that the Lord uses this, whatever the outcome, to, to forward the truth mm -hmm. and to ensure in the future, your future. Because as Dave was saying earlier, this battle's about you guys. Uh, I'm 70. Dave is, he's just an old man. He's just... <laughs> 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 anyway yeah we're, we're kind of through right <laughs> yeah, compared to you guys compared to you guys i i hope to be around quite a while but um but you still have your lives in front of you and i dread the thought of you living in a world where you can't say what you think where yeah. you don't have the freedoms and the wonderful life that i've enjoyed and dave's enjoyed and this is worth fighting for but but this is spiritual in nature and and god is on his throne and so we we need to we need to pray we need to pray and i appreciate those prayers absolutely and we thank you so much for fighting for us even and we recognize that um this this case isn't even just about the facts of this case but it's it's bigger than that and so we thank you so much for um yeah holding fighting exactly holding the line and fighting for us well it's an honor up now um do you guys have any closing questions do you have any closing thoughts that you want to get across to people yeah especially to our generation mm -hmm. is there anything you would like specifically our generation to know i i really want to say this that now's the time for you young people to really pay attention because mm -hmm. this is your life this is your life you have got to pay attention to what's going on here mm -hmm. and fight for the truth and fight for your freedoms that have been won for you at great cost by many generations going on before. In mm -hmm. fact, for hundreds of years, 
there's been progress in these rights and now it's being threatened by the darkness. And now's the time to really pay attention and engage with the conversation and with this fight. I've had occasion uh, since this has started to actually do uh, interviews with uh, reporters from Germany and from Australia and from oh, France and from England. And they understand the reporters and the people that I've uh, done show TV shows and whatnot with, they understand that America is actually continues to be the last best hope for mankind. Uh, mm -hmm. And do not be embarrassed about things like American exceptionalism. Uh, we, uh, we are in fact the light of uh, the light of the world. Uh, we are the shining city on the hill. Uh, they know that if uh, the folks like that, particularly the reporter from France and the uh, former, uh, former uh, member of parliament in England that had a TV show that I was just on, uh, they, you know, they said that if America loses their freedoms, there's nobody left. It's a domino effect, yeah. Uh, and they, they know that because as long as as long as we're there and we're we're fighting and we're we're maintaining the uh, maintaining the freedoms of humanity, then they have some place to point to and some some example to uh, model themselves after and something to uh, have their country and their countrymen look forward to. This is uh, I mean, we talked about your generation, but we can literally talk about this as something that affects the world. It sounds kind of grandiose to try and say when you try and say things like that, but I've um, had, the, had the good fortune to have, talk to international audiences about this kind of subject. And they explained to me that they're afraid. They're afraid that if America uh, loses its freedoms, that there will be nobody left to fight for their freedoms. They know what we've done in the past, uh, the past generations, not just to protect us, but to protect, uh, protect people around the world, and uh, even even if even if only by example, uh, that gives them something to go for. Uh, so, uh, I would uh, I would suggest that that's uh, that's something to realize that this is this is for you guys, but you guys uh, carry the carry the world on your shoulders as well. You carry America mm -hmm. and the world. You know, I've been saying you guys need to pay attention. Well, you are. You've asked very good questions here. You did your homework on the situation, I can tell. You've, you've read up on it. Um, and so I have confidence in you young people. And you just simply need to know, because I know you care very deeply uh, about these issues. And so uh, this is a good video that you put together here. Get it spread around on social media. Get mm -hmm. it out there. And, um, and uh, we appreciate it very, very much. I personally appreciate it very, very much. Of course. And along with posting this, we're, of course, going to be posting the Give, Send, Go account and making sure that our generation stays up to date on this. Because as you two have so eloquently pointed out, this this affects us. This affects our children, our grandchildren. This isn't just about 18 people being indicted for something they didn't do. It's much bigger than that. So thank you again for coming on. We appreciate your time. We appreciate the thought and effort that you've put into this and for holding the line for us. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, we hope you enjoyed this interview. We hope it was informative for you. We will be linking the Give, Send, Go account for Chaplain Stephen Lee below, and we will be posting it on our social media. So keep a lookout for that. 
And without further ado, let us firmly rely on the protection of divine providence. And as David Shostokas so greatly reminded us, let's remember the words of the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. This is self-evident.